Baseball season is around the corner, and we will be giving out our favorite futures picks on the Just Baseball show in the lead-up to opening day. To go along with that, BetMGM has a brand new offer for our listeners. Use code JUSTBASEBALL and place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook app of at least $5, and you will receive $150 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. How to get this offer? Step one, download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Step two, sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account. Step three, place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at standard odds price. Step four, once you have placed a bet, you will receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York and call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 21 plus only, please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that it expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL and get $150 when you bet at least $5 on your first wager. You know what we got to talk about today. The Pirates signed Yasmani Grandal. We got to hit on that for the next hour. Jack Peter, just baseball show. As always, presented by BetMGM. Peter's going to do the whole spiel in a moment. Aside from the Grandal thing, the Giants had Jorge Soler. And I've got a macro thought of the Giants that is kind of frustrating, kind of pissing me off. And I'm going to throw it your way, Peter. And you got to tell me if I'm being fair or not. And then we've got the top 10 shortstops in baseball, the premium position in the game. We got to talk about it. Spoiler alert, Corey Seager going to be very high. But Peter, how are we doing? You slept from blank to blank on Monday after a red-eye flight. Yeah, I fucked it. Um, <laughs> or at least the uh, quote that you like to say. Yeah. Um, I So we had a 7 a.m. flight around 7:50 a.m. flight to Vegas on Wednesday. So the night before you have a you know a flight in the morning, it's very unlikely that you'll sleep much cuz you're thinking about the flight. We got a trip to Vegas. I'm you know having a blast and each night, right, we're going to bed around 2 3 in the morning and we're waking up early, right, to film some more content. First of all, shout out just Gridiron fans. Content was great. Thanks to everybody out there and we had a yeah. great time. Um, and then I got back. We took a red-eye flight on the day of the Super Bowl, right? We watched the Super Bowl, 11.50 at night, got into New York City around 10, 30, 11 a.m. I have a very hard time sleeping on flights, so I barely got a wink in. 
I come back, it's Monday, and I lay down in bed for a second making some early posts for just baseball, and then I'm like, all right, I need to sleep a little bit. Didn't set an alarm. Woke up at 7 p.m. So from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Monday, I was asleep. Completely wasted the entire day. The entire day. And now, that rarely happens. That's happened like once or twice in my entire life. And then I fell back asleep from 1030, woke up at 930. Dude. Plenty of sleep. Ready to you, go. Top 10 shortstops. Are you okay? Are everything all, all good? Right now. So and and we have a new offer for the listeners of the Just Baseball Show, courtesy of BetMGM. Ladies and gentlemen, baseball season is right around the corner, and we will be giving out our favorite futures picks on the Just Baseball Show and on our YouTube page. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button in the lead up to opening day. To go along with that, BetMGM has a brand new offer. Use code JustBaseball and place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook app of at least $5, same one, and you will receive $150. Dollars instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. So it's not the extra eight bucks that you would have gotten from the Super Bowl, but we still have a great offer. Use code just baseball, place down five dollars at standard odds, get one hundred and fifty dollars loaded up into your account. Gambling problem call or text one eight hundred gambler. Must be twenty one or older, and terms and conditions apply. I love doing the awards futures episode. That's something I've got circled like five times on my calendar on the Google sheet that we have with kind of the rundown of the off season. That might have been the first sell that I input on that Google sheet. It was so exciting to do. I do want to mention very, very quickly because it is a one year, two and a half million dollar deal. Incentives can escalate. Yes, Monty Grandal's a Pittsburgh pirate. And I was texting a couple different people about it. And they firmly disagreed with me when I said that I like the deal. Wait a minute. You texted a couple different people about a two and a half million dollar deal. Yeah, you know, That's like, why we are the just baseball show, because we're actually <laughs> like thinking about takes about this. But it's also like, hey, I'm an indie. They're the AAA affiliate of the Pirates. I know a lot of Pirates people, yeah. all that. I was texting him and I was like, I like it. And they said, why? He, he's he been terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, OK. Fair. Andy, Andy Rodriguez is out for the year. Andy yep. Rodriguez tore his UCL on a swing in the Dominican Winter League, which was horrible. And this was going to be a huge year for Andy. And I've got a lot of personal bias because he was great. And we've had him on the call up before. And he is such a good dude. And he's a damn good catcher. Now, what are you going to do? Henry Davis is on the roster. Henry Davis was playing right field last year. Yeah. He really wasn't catching last no. year. So your options internally. And, and no more Austin Hedges. No more Hedges, who was a Ranger, and now he's back in Cleveland. But your options internally were Henry Davis, who has pretty much transitioned to right field, even though Ben Charrington said he's going to enter camp as a catcher. Ali Sanchez, who you just grabbed off waivers, if I'm not mistaken. And Jason DeLay, who has been a solid backup catcher. But this team wants to compete in a division that seems to be, relatively speaking, wide open. And they hope to not finish in the cellar. And frankly, they have the talent to not finish in the cellar. You needed to find an option. And I feel so much better about Henry Davis and Yasmati Grandal splitting up the catching duties than saying, all right, Henry, it's your job. Go do it every day. Because frankly, he might not be good enough to do that. He had like six games 
of using pitch comp. You're not allowed to use pitch comp lower than AAA. Double A, high A, low A, cannot use it. He used it. He might have caught five games in AAA. And then he gets to the bigs. He doesn't catch. So you got to learn a staff in your first full year. And I, I think it's great to go get a 35-year-old. And, and Henry Davis has a catching mentor on this team now. So I thought this was a solid signing for the price. But tell me why he stinks. Grundahl. In his last 217 games... He has 13 home runs. <laughs> In the last two seasons, 2022, he had a 570 OPS, and then he had a 648 OPS last year. And the reason, you know, I even got a DM from a Pirates fan being like, why are you low-key shitting on us? I'm only going to low-key shit on you, and maybe it's now high-key, because I expect more, right? I'm not shitting on the A's because I don't expect more from them. I'm not shitting on the Rockies because I don't expect more from them. You guys have a good roster. And when I say you guys, I mean the Pirates in terms of young talent. We saw what Mitch Keller did last year. Brian Reynolds is still on the team, right? Brian Hayes. There are really good players on this team. We haven't even talked about the bullpen, right? We love Bednar back there. We love Holderman. We love these guys. They have good young players. And then they have more coming up the pipe. And you see the rest of the division, the Reds and the Cubs and the Cardinals and still the Brewers getting better, but there is still an opening here to compete. And the Pirates, instead of starting to show their fans, hey, the window might be opening soon, they signed out as Monty Grandal and enrolled as Chapman. So disappointing. Like, what about Yasmani Grandal at this point in his career when he's 35 years old? And yeah, he can still frame. Don't care. Sorta, Don't care. But he has no arm. He's a lazy blocker. So you're not adding him for the defense. You're hoping the bat comes to play. And it hasn't in years. So like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, yeah, two and a half million. Sure. It doesn't matter. And like, maybe he's okay. And the Pirates need to catch it, but why him? So Why not make a trade? Why not do anything better than a 35-year-old Yasmani Grandal? So I thought Grandal was a better option than either of the options they had internally to be the 1B catcher. Sure. Would you rather have Yasmani Grandal or Ali Sanchez or Jason DeLay? I mean, you're asking me would I rather have Yasmani Grandal or respectfully the worst catching duo I've ever seen. <laughs> so God. we've got that going. They were looking for a stopgap. They have their catcher for the foreseeable future in Andy Rodriguez. Which is fine. And if Davis looks good catching, like, sure. So you needed a one-year solution. The Pirates are not a team. They are not an organization. They are not a market that will part with a legit prospect for a one-year stopgap at catcher when it is not even guaranteed that they will be outside of the cellar of the National League Central. They whiffed really hard on Gary Sanchez. That was the perfect candidate to be a Pittsburgh Pirate for one year. Gary would have been an excellent, excellent signing. Instead, he goes to Milwaukee. And I think that is a sneaky good get for the Milwaukee Brewers. But it would have been an excellent get for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think they got the best one-year option left. Sure. I mean, the one-year options left are not even close to starters. No. 
I mean, was Eric Haas out of the running? Andrew Kisner is 29 years old, and he was even cheaper than Grendahl, as was Jacob Stallings, who is a year younger. I don't know if they've already Stallings. done the Stallings thing. <laughs> yeah, they've already done the Stallings thing. So I guess that's and then Austin Hedges, I guess they could have paid him four million. That's that's the reason I thought Hedges. I was like an old, established, still great defender who could at least maybe assist with Henry Davis's catching. Yeah, but beyond Cleveland loves him. Yeah. I know Cleveland loves him. I mean, even Maldonado, like Maldonado is four and a half. Yaz is half. half the price of Martin I mean, Maldonado. This is, this is embarrassing. It is. This is embarrassing. So let's move off. Okay. I expect more from the Pirates. They make me upset. I really want them to be good, and they have the opportunity to do so, and they just do not spend money. And we just talked about it with Walker. How rich is the Pirates owner? Is he a billionaire? Uh, let's see. Bob Nutting net worth 1.1 bill. Yeah, all right. Come on. Billionaire. Yeah, but it's newspaper money. They own Ogden newspapers, which is $630 million. Newspapers Newspapers are in the shitter, man. They're they're gone. He's scrambling. You know, the Pirates are probably his only moneymaker. No wonder he's spending any money. (laughs) Let's talk about Jorge Soler, who signed a three-year, $45 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. I like the get in a vacuum for San Francisco. It is a great DH ad. Soler was an awesome DH last year uh, in Miami. Peyton Guinness, who does a great, great job with our video editing, sent a note in our, our group text. He was like, hey, when do you think the last Giants 30 homer season was? And much like Javi Reyes, who's our Padres writer, I immediately thought 2021 Brandon Belt. I was like, that guy stood on his head. Yeah, for sure. He had 29. Pablo Sandoval had a couple years in the mid to high 20s. Aubrey Huff had a couple years in the high 20s. The last 30 homer season for the San Francisco Giants was Barry Bonds in 2004. He's the last MVP. So shout out Peyton for that nugget. But they got a guy that can break that this year. And borderline seems likely to break that if he's DHing every day. I, I do like it. I'll let you analyze the signing in a vacuum, and then I want to offer a macro thought on the Giants. Yeah, well, first of all, shout out Peyton. Go make sure to go follow him on um, TikTok at yeah. Big League Analysis. He does a lot of the day by day analysis. You know, so if you're looking at you know what happened in last night's game, you know maybe it was a big game, big home run. Definitely go check him out. He did a great job uh, for just baseball. Jorge Soler um, hit 36 home runs last year. So to your point. They could be adding a guy who could definitely go over 30 home runs, be the first in 20 seasons since Barry Bonds. The thing is, you are not paying for Jorge Soler to play the field anymore. Aram has detailed this plenty, right? He's got a back thing. It's really hard for him to play the corner just to stay healthy, right? Him moving around, you really want him as a DH. So you're paying him as a DH. But as a DH, we just ranked our top five. He's on there. Right. And three years, 42 million seemed a little inexpensive for a guy with that type of bat. And that type of bat, especially in the postseason, has showed up in the big moments. Now, are the Giants going to be competing for a playoff spot? I don't know. But this certainly helps. He's not going to tally a ton in the war department. So you hate him. Right. We're about to rank shortstops. I assume you have Dansby at number one or you're a fraud because that's all you <laughs> care about. No. 
1.9 F4 last year was his second highest of his career. Yeah. But 30 plus home runs is not uncommon for him as long as he stays healthy, right? We remember back in, what was it? I think it was 2019. Yeah, 2019. With Kansas City. Yeah. Where he put up a 923 OPS and 48 jacks, right? In 2021, between two teams where he did play 149 games, that's 27 bombs. 2022, he didn't play that much, but the power was still there, right? And he slugged 512 last year with 36 home runs, and that's only in 137 games while playing some outfield. So I think if the Giants just straight up say, hey, Solaire, you are the DH, which they need a DH, and he plays 140 games, we're looking at 35 to 40 home runs from a guy who should be a DH for the rest of his career. And when he signed a three-year deal, I thought to myself, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you thought differently. I thought he was like 33. It's only 31. So you get him from age 31 to 34 as a DH when he's had trouble staying healthy because of the outfield where he won't in San Francisco. It's going to be a big-time power bat for a lineup that desperately needs power. They rank in the bottom 10 of home runs, what seems like every year. And you could blame somewhat of the ballpark, but you also have to blame the players, right? They don't really <laughs> haven't had any power bats. Now they certainly do elongates the lineup. You had Jung-Hoo Lee and Jorge Soler who do completely different things, right? Jung-Hoo Lee is a bat-to-ball kind of He's guy. He's not going to punch out. It's going to be like exactly. an 8% K rate. He's going to slap the ball around the ballpark. Yeah, so you're adding two guys who complement a lineup in so many different ways, do so many different things. Yeah. Makes the Giants lineup much more interesting and complete. So I like the signing overall. I thought it was a good price point as well, especially in this market where guys, sure. before they even come over to Major League Baseball, get $200 sure. million. Dollars. I, I really liked it. I I wish this team had an elite player. And Logan I... Webb. Logan Webb is an elite player. Sorry, I wish this team had an elite position player. Yes. Elite player in the lineup. Who knew? Who knows? Maybe John Hu Lee is that guy. Who knows? I, maybe uh, not your one. But your but one. elite needs to be yeah, elite. Yeah, is like, like they don't. Jung Hoo Lee is not a two hundred million dollar no, player. He's not. he's not. Um, I wish they had that. I wish they had a even Correa. If they paid Correa, I would feel better about this lineup. I don't know. You hate Correa according to our rankings. Shut up, bro. <laughs> uh, but like, man, if they if they do pony up and pay Juan Soto, I feel so much better about this team. But They're as of right now, to. they're not okay. Going to. So as it stands right now, this is my macro thought. I think the Giants are stuck. Yeah. Look at the lineup. The lineup is, okay, they have an ace. Then they've got a rest of the rotation that is not that good, but they've got a pretty good bullpen. All in all, this results in a team that flirts with 500 all the time. You don't want to be stuck there. Yes, they do. Velociraptor. Yes. You don't want to be stuck at 500 because then you do not get a number one overall pick. Then you do not get postseason success. Then you do not become a desirable location because nobody wants to be 500. They want to be the best in baseball. How do you get there? You do it by tearing down, rebuilding, all that. Close your eyes and tell me who you see on this team in five years. Or at least if the Giants were to win a World Series in the next 10, which of these guys are, are part of it? Okay. Logan Webb. Obviously. Jung Hu Lee. Yes. Tyro Estrada. Yes. <laughs> really? Like, like, yeah. I mean, okay. he's pretty good. Lamont Wade. 
Yes. Mm. Uh, Even then, probably not. Michael Conforto. No. Uh, no. no. Wilmer Flores. No. Yes. No. It's Mike good. Yaz. Mike Yastrzemski. No. Shout out Mike Yastrzemski, though. Pat Bailey, sure. Yes. Marco uh, Luciano. Dude, first of all, Giants fans. Can we relax a little bit? Like, we like Patrick Bailey a lot. We got destroyed in comment sections for not having Patrick Bailey on the top 10. He's he played half like a, a year. And he put up a 70 WRC+. Plus. We know he's an all-world defender. It's like it's like they pretended we had no idea and we had never seen a Giants game. We're not putting a guy on the top 10. Yeah. When he put up a 70 WRC+, plus and play all-world defense at 100 games, folks. We yeah. love him. So I think he could be, but let's let's not yell and make fun of our character as people, Giants right. fans. But think think about what you just did, right? You had to think about pretty much every guy that I named. Like, eh, maybe you want firm yeses and firm and, no's, and, and there are being, really not many of them. And I was being kind of nice. You were well. being nice, yeah. but you're not even saying a firm no to no. anybody, which is concerning. And then you go to the top prospects. Kyle Harrison, he's got his flaws. Luciano, hell, he's got his flaws. Wisenhunt, Eldridge, Walker, Martin, they all have their flaws. It's not that good of a system. The top five is solid, but it's certainly not a top 15 system in the game. It's it's a system. It's kind of like one of those systems where it's you'd expect the team to either be one of the prohibitive favorites in Major League Baseball or at the bottom of the barrel and they're a bad, bad organization. And yeah. I would expect the Giants with this type of system to be the 107-win Giants that they were not so long ago. Not the case. Not the case. So they have a middling at best farm system right now, and they have a middling at best team right now. And that's not a recipe for getting out of this Wagmire of mediocrity, which is my favorite Stan Van Gundy line ever, or Jeff Van Gundy, sorry. To combine both topics that we were just saying, if you're a Pirates fan, would you rather have Yasmani Grandal currently or a two or three years removed retired Buster Posey? I'd rather have Buster. <laughs> I would too. Shortstops? The top 10 shortstops in Major League Baseball. Let's get into it. You want odds or evens? I'll take evens this time. I took number one last time. Okay. Start with our honorable mentions. Our two honorable mentions are Willie Adamas of the Milwaukee Brewers for now and Jeremy Pena of the Houston Astros. Willie Adamas is a guy that has 30 homer potential every given year, and he is a solid defender at shortstop. If this guy gets moved to a contender, he immediately makes them better. That is the thing with Adamas. I think he's going to get a really nice payday. Great for him to get out of Tampa when he did. I know the batting average was low, and I know the whiff was up last year. But, man, Adamas is a well-rounded cat. And then Pena, I think a lot of people got really excited after his rookie year. And understandably so. He won ALCS MVP. He won World Series MVP. He is an elite defensive shortstop. He's going to slug. But is he going to be that 120 WRC plus guy? I think the answer is no, which has him outside of the top 10. Yeah, I had Jeremy Pena, I think at 11 or very close to the top 10. I don't even know if I ranked Willie Adamas. I think Willie Adamas is a pretty good player. I think he is the new barometer for shortstop play. If you're better than Willie Adamas, you're a good shortstop. If you're worse than Willie Adamas, you're a below average shortstop. And the reason I say that is the bat is 
not as good as I think, or at least we think, or when you think the name Willie Adamez, you think 818 OPS, right, in 2021. You think potentially 887 OPS in 2021. Sorry, 818 OPS over the full season, 2021, 887 OPS with the Brewers. But the last two seasons, 756 OPS, 717 OPS. The power's still been there, right? Over the last two seasons, he has put up 55 home runs. But that's kind of it, right? I want my shortstop to not be a decent defender, which he has proved. No, he's he's a better defender. The numbers say he's a better defender. He's a good defender. But he's been kind of a below-average hitter. That's all I got on him. Like, he's he's okay. Yeah. Now, he is one of those guys that I love the counting numbers from. 2022, I thought, was a good year for him. Because, yeah, he hit 240, but 30 homers, nearly 100 driven in. And he was playing top flight, top flight defense. That was a four-win season from Adamas. So, it's when those numbers tick down. And you're only hitting 220. And you're hardly getting on base at a 300 clip that I start to really get concerned. And he's playing in a very, very hitter-friendly, very hitter-friendly ballpark. So these need to be a bit better. That's why he's not in the top 10. And I would think Jeremy Pena would actually be closer because he's still all-world defensively. And I think just in year two, pitchers make adjustments. You struggle more offensively. I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's too talented of a player. I'm going to put him kind of for the rest of his career around a 110, 115 WRC plus with all-world defense. Like that's going to put you, you know, not – Top five, but I think he could be around the six to ten mark for the rest of the decade. Yep. All right. Number 10. Number 10. Number 10 shortstop in baseball is Carlos Correa of the Minnesota Twins. I personally ranked him seventh. The rest of just baseball ranked him a little bit lower. We know that he did not have a good season, right? Slash 230, 312, 399. That is not going to cut it. A WRC plus below 100? Come on, Correa. Must be better than this. A 1.1 F4? Are you kidding me? So I understand. You look at the regular season stats and you say, man, with the injuries of the past signing, what are we going to get from this guy? But then the playoffs hit 406 in the postseason. And I know it's not a large sample, but we do have a larger sample of him getting to the postseason, when the lights turn on, he turns into one of the best players in the sport. And that's valuable to me. What's also valuable is that he won the Platinum Glove Award as the best defender in the American League in 2022. I think we overreacted to one season. Now, we're going to see this year, maybe these injuries pile up and he's just not the same player anymore. Right, The Mets, the Giants, maybe they made the right decision by not giving him an enormous contract. He does have a surgically repaired ankle, right? My belief is that he bounces back, maybe not to the level that we've seen offensively during the regular season, but the fact that he was so good in the playoffs, the fact that I think when he was injured, he was not the defender he once was, I still think he can be at least close to that. So if he's... 85th percentile of his level of defense and 85th percentile of what Correa's offense should be, which I think is a fair projection for him. I put him as the seventh best shortstop in baseball because that's what he would be. So I personally am not overreacting 
to one bad season because of what I saw in the playoffs. Now, you're a little bit higher on him. You also ranked him ninth, not 10th. Why did you... What is your hesitancy with putting Cray a little bit higher? He is a different player than he was when he was the bell of the ball in the free agent class going to 2022. In 2021, he played 1,300 innings at shortstop. He had 20 defensive runs saved. Since then, he's played about 2,200 innings at shortstop. He has a combined one defensive run saved. So he went from 20 in one year to one in the next two. By outs above average? Yeah, sure. But like by outs above average, 11 outs above average in 2021. Since then, negative four outs above average in 2021. So, so much of the value that I placed in Carlos Correa was he's always going to hit. He's going to slug. He's that big bodied man. He's got the craziest arm I've ever seen at shortstop. And he can get to anything. Now he's not getting to anything. I think that's fair, but I also, has he earned enough for you to say, I want to see him in a healthier season? Because it's clear he has not been healthy the past two years, and he's played through it, which I do respect. So, like, sure, but also he's 29. You know, like, And I know like that's still on the right side of 30. 34. Yeah, but 29, 25. 29 is still in the prime. Right? My shit's starting to hurt, is- dude. I just turned 26 on Monday. Like, I, I'm hurting. I'm yeah, in pain. Both, yeah, but both of us are fat. We talk about baseball on the side like we are hey, in the man. major leagues. I don't I've been think... working on that. Don't call me <laughs> fat, man. I have an apple a day. I'm trying to keep the doctor away. <laughs> All right, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, these are professional baseball players. I'm sure at 29 years old, Carlos Correa is in some of the best shape of his life. I mean, yeah, maybe, no. I'm wrong. maybe I believe in him too much. And I used to be a Carlos Correa hater. And I can't believe right now I'm the positive. It's like... When we were talking about Correa being one or two, I was like, come on, he's not that. He's like four. But then he has one bad year, and it's like, all right, now he's out of the top ten, like a lot of other analysts on our panel. I mean, come on, that's too much. He, This is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately game, and but unfortunately— like that. Like, it is. It's like these guys have earned spots. Carlos Correa has earned spots, and he's still in the top ten. That's why I'm not freaking out. Like, I thought I was like, oh, seven, I'm a little bit low on him. I wonder what everybody else does. And then I go to the Google, I go to our meeting, and everyone's like, yeah, he's not on my top ten. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Whatever. We'll get to number nine. Whatever. Uh, number nine, as I pull up the article, by First the all, way. Before yeah. you say number nine, for everybody listening, tell me that number nine is better than number ten. You can't, unless you're a Seattle Mariners fan. For 2024. For 2024. Great article by Tim Kelly. Go read it on JustBaseball.com. Number nine is J.P. Crawford with the Seattle Mariners. 29-year-old J.P. Crawford, much like Carlos Correa. Last year, Carlos Correa had a 96 WRC plus and a 1.1 war. J.P. Crawford had a 134 WRC plus. He did it once. And a 4.9 win season. He was five times better when it comes to F4. Peter's doing the card. We must be number one for you. He's doing the car dealership thing. Uh, He played all the time. 640 plate appearances. He hit 260 at 19 homers. Advanced metrics had him grayed out as a, as a, a negative defender, negative three DRS, negative eight outs above average. He is a guy that has transformed the narrative around him offensively. And last year was a huge part of that. 
I think with with the protection that Seattle has given him and the fact that he is not the focal point, how Julio is the focal point, and then he's somewhere sandwiched between Julio and Cal Raleigh and Ty France, I think this guy's due for another good year, man. I, I actually had him as like the low guy. I was 12 for him, but Aram had him at seven. Ryan Finkelstein had him at eight. Colby had him at eight. Um, he's good, man. No, no, I get. I mean, you're not trying to prove that you would rather have Correa than J.P. Crawford because you and I are kind of on the same page, right? You had J.P. Crawford at 12. Yeah. And you had Correa at nine, so I'm not going to yell at you about it. I had him at 10. But here you are yelling at me. I, well, because who, who, <laughs> nobody else is on the podcast right now. Yeah, I wish Aram Layton was on the podcast. I mean, he ranked J.P. Crawford seven and Correa <laughs> 11. No wonder he's not on the, any of these top tens. He doesn't want my wrath. Um no, I mean, I'm making fun of J.P. Crawford because we're comparing him to Carlos Correa. J.P. Crawford is a great player. He had a great offensive season, a 134 WRC plus. Are you fucking kidding? That is awesome. Awesome year. 4.9 F4, one of the tops among shortstops in Major League Baseball. But he's only done it once. And was on the backs of a 380 OBP, which is amazing. But this guy's 344 OBP for his career when you put in the 380 year. He's mostly around the 340-ish range and most likely clocking it at a 700 OPS. But then he puts up an 818 OPS this year, walks 94 times. Now, if this is the norm now for Crawford, sure, I'll put him higher on the top 10. I put him 10 right now because I believe that some of it's there. Now, there's some expected metrics that expect him to regress offensively, but not by a lot. So I, I understand, but... This is too high, especially for a guy who wasn't great defensively. Like, if he was also all-world defensively, okay. We're having another discussion. But we aren't. Goes worse defensively than Correa. Like, let's be real here. But again, you and I ranked him lower than everybody else. So I really want to talk to Arm the next time we're on the show. But he's good. I like J.P. Crawford. Good overall good. player. I mean, I don't know. How, I, like, he's, he's a good player. He's a good player. Yeah. Hey, did I put uh, our number eight guy number one, or did I put him number seven? What's the word here? The number eight shortstop in Major League Baseball is Dansby Swanson of the Chicago Cubs. Turns 30 in February, coming off just another all-world defensive season, putting him at a 4.9 F4 since 2022. Since 2022, he is second among shortstops in F4. Why? Because he is a notch below in Dralton Simmons when we're talking about defense over the past few seasons. He's just unbelievable over there at shortstop. And the bat, he can still swing it, right? Power is his game consistently above 20 home runs, put up 22 last year. 244, 328, 416 slash line. So he's not spraying the ball in terms of doubles, but the ball is leaving the ballpark. It gives you nine steals. Above average hitter by WRC plus, clocking in at 104. But the defense is the calling card. And at a position that prides defense, he is the guy. Maybe outside of Francisco Lindor, who we're going to talk about later. But that's the mold. Defense with Dan Swanson. I love war. I, I love it. Uh, now, but now you choose not to like it. <laughs> he was a five-win player because he was a 104 WRC plus guy. You know that the war is always going to be good, and the Cubs signed him for what? It, I think it was 175. Yeah, 170, seven for 170, 175. 177. 
Oh, seven for 177. Okay. So they signed Dansby because they knew they were going to get 15 to 20 homers a year and elite defense. They got 22 homers this year and elite defense. And he played all the time. So I, I think what he just gave them is, is what was expected. Will he ever do, will he ever replicate his 2022 season? I don't know. Probably not. But that's okay because it is, it's very similar to the Key Brian Hayes extension that Pittsburgh gave out. You know, you're getting the value in the glove. And everything on top of league average at the plate is just bonus. And they got 4% bonus from him with the 104 WRC. So, do you remember last year when most publications were trashing the Dansby deal? Like it was way too yeah. funny. I think on yeah. this podcast we were we were fine with it. I was actually totally fine with it because everyone was acting like that was just some out of the off type no, season. Everyone thought that they were paying him for a fever dream contract here. And that's just not what happened. The Padres no, I, I, paid Bogarts like that. If he got 250, we'd be like, oh, that's way too much. But he got exactly. 177. He got less than $100 million or $100 million less than Xander Bogarts. And the reason I liked the contract so much, I was thinking to myself, if he's average offensively, we're looking at a four-win season. Yes. He was slightly above average. He put up a 4.9. That's yes. what we can expect from him. A five-win player is worth that type of deal. And then some. If he keeps doing this, he'll be worth two hundred million, especially in this market. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Turns thirty in February, so he's not a young chicken. But again, he's not old. He's going to keep playing superb defense. Him and Nico Horner, I talked about in the previous show. I mean, they're yeah, just box crazy. office playing defense. I mean, the guy had two eighty five, or no, he didn't. He had two forty four. I was looking at number seven. Still good offensive, please. Great at defense. Cubs should be happy with the deal. If if Cubs fans, if anybody ever tells you the deal was stupid, you tag me. I got him. I just I just shit on number seven, but <clears throat> number seven on this list is Xander Bogarts of the San Diego Padres. And you were the high guy on Xander. You had him in the five spot. I had him in the eight spot. Aram and Fink had him in the nine spot. Leo and Colby had him in the seven. Xander Bogarts last year played pretty much the entirety of the year, 670 plate appearances, hit 285, like you mentioned, slugged 440, 19 homers, a bunch of doubles. I was not expecting 20 bags from this guy, but 19 stolen bases, a 120 WRC plus, and he was a four and a half win player in large part because he was average defensively at shortstop. Is he the right option at short over a guy like Hassan Kim? I don't know. I don't think so. Personally, I think Kim can be a way better defender at short than Bogarts can, but they signed him to be a shortstop and he was a damn good one and a top 10 shortstop in baseball at that last year. They paid him too much. Yeah, they paid him far beyond the age that he should be paid at. Yes, for sure. All of that can be true. But the other thing that can be true is this is one of the better offensive shortstops in the game and he will always be a threat to lead baseball in doubles. Always. We act like he's some idiot on defense. He's he's not a bad defender by any stretch of the imagination. He used to be. He used to have a bunch of red flags, but he's gotten better. People can change. I put him at number five. First of all, this is from the article, which you definitely should go follow along. We, we linked it in the episode description. 
since the start of the 2021 season, Bogarts is top five among all shortstops in batting average, OBP, hits, doubles, run scored, walks, and F war. Since 2019, I'm going to walk you through the war totals. 5.9 in 2019, 4.4 in 2018. 4.3 in 2021, a 6 F war in 2022. And with a wrist injury that he was dealing with for a lot of the season, put up a 4.4 F war. Did we forget? Like, I think everybody's so excited to put all the new guys in front and just say to themselves, look at Gunnar, look at Bobby Witt, look at this season they just had. Guys, Bogarts in a down year when injured, put up a 120 WRC plus and almost went 2020. That's a down year for him. Xander Bogart's got paid for a reason. Yeah, 280 million is a lot. 250, right? He is one of the better shortstops in the game and can still play a good defensive shortstop. I don't understand people just forgetting. Like you, you know, you put him at eight. It's a little bit low for my standards. I still think he's top five. I I don't understand what he did last year, right? We, we put him in the top five last year. What did he do last year? To make you think, oh, yeah, now it's getting towards the end here. I understand you could say, well, we have some newcomers. Can we give them another season to prove? Like, Bogarts has been doing what Gunnar Henderson has been doing for the past five years, every year. And now because Gunnar does it once he's ahead? Come on. Come on. It's for 2024, man. I understand. But it's like some of these guys, like, y'all... In my opinion, this is how I do lists. Everyone does them differently. That's why they're all awesome. And that's why we aggregate them together to get a full rank. I give the guys who have done it year over year a bump. Because if I'm projecting for 2024, I have five years of data of one guy doing the same exact thing as one guy did in one year. Do I think, based on what I saw, that he could be better? Of course I can. But what's safer? What do we know? We know Xander Bogarts, as long as he's healthy, is probably going to give you a five-win season. Gunner, look what just happened to Jeremy Pena. We ranked him so high, That's and not then fair. he turns in about That's it. That's not fair. Gunner, Gunner is in a Gunner's different league. Jeremy Pena. In yeah, a different league a offensively. Offensively. From what, yeah, from what Jeremy Pena did in 2022, like not that much better. Dude, he had 28 homers. I'm looking up Jeremy Pena's stats from... Uh, Hold on. Okay. All right. I mean, you gotta you gotta present Gunner anyways because he's he's an even. But man, like... Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena hit twenty two bombs. Okay. Gunner had twenty eight. WRC plus for Pena. One hundred two. One twenty three. All right. F war for Pena. Three point four. Four six for Gunner. Like we can't yeah, do Gunner's this. better. But then to just put him above Xander is crazy. Dude, like, do the do the Gunner thing, and I'll make my case. Okay. And it, what stinks is I love Gunner. Like, I'm not, we're splitting hairs here, but this is bro. The you hate argument. Gunner. I love Gunner. <laughs> I love him so much. All right, let's talk about Gunner Henderson. So, at number six on our top ten shortstop list, Gunner Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles. Kid's twenty two. He did put up a one twenty three WRC plus four point six F four twenty eight bombs ten steals. 489 slug took him a little bit while to get going but then once he did he was one of the best shortstops in all of major league baseball and he was playing a little bit of third a little bit of short but he really is a shortstop and yeah he is a shortstop 10 defensive runs saved over the 2023 season 
I mean, this guy could win an MVP one day. The thing is, he's 22 and has only done it once, right? Are we going to get adjustments from pitchers in year two? I think so. If he puts up a worse season in 2024, I will not be surprised at all. Now, if he puts up an amazing season, he's that talented, I also wouldn't be surprised. But am I a criminal for wanting to see more from a 22-year-old? No, you're not a criminal for wanting to see more from a 22-year-old. But how can you not be amped with what Gunner did after he really struggled the first two months of 2023? So amped. I think he's awesome. Yeah, but you that's the thing. Bogarts? If he had... If he had a consistently amazing season month by month. It wouldn't have mattered to me, personally, if we were ranking. If he never so for, struggled out of the gate. For me, should. it would have mattered. The fact okay. that he struggled out of the gate for two months and still put up a four-and-a-half win season and still had a 123 WRC plus and still flirted with 30 homers. Man, like... And the fact that he is a good defender, 10 defensive runs saved at shortstop. Yeah. It helps him big time. But dude, like the fact that he he came out the other side and still was the unanimous rookie of the year. I think it's more likely that Gunner wins an MVP than falls off this list. Yeah, that's that could happen. He he's got that level of talent. Um I mean, I ranked him 8th. For everybody listening, like the rest of us, Jack, you ranked him six, Arm ranked him five, Fink ranked him seven, Leo ranked him four, Leo so ranked, ranked him, four. him five. So, no, I get it, and I'm not trying to tear him down. I think he's going to be an awesome player. Do you want to make a bet? <laughs> Who else did we just bet on? We just bet on somebody last uh, last Friday, right? Yeah, we have to go back and listen to it. I just said you want to bet. <laughs> I got to write him down. I'm writing this one down. Higher F4, Bogarts are... Or Gunner. Gunner Henderson, no question in my mind. Okay. okay. Shake. No, like, Shake I, via YouTube. like I think you definitely have the upside, and I think a lot of people would side with you. I just think that we forget. We're forgetting <laughs> that Bogarts with an injury, Bogarts almost got there with an injury. Like, let's not forget who this man is. And he's playing in a freaking playing a Peco. It's so hard to hit there. So Gunner, at least he has he has a short right field compared to left field for righties in Camden. Man, I'm so excited for this one. This is going to be great. All right, number five. Let's get into the top five. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it down while you're write it down. Yeah, write it down. I've got Gunnar Henderson to have a higher WAR than Xander Bogarts is coming here. I'm so excited for that. Okay, uh, number five, Bo Bichette of the Toronto Blue Jays. He turns 26 years old in a month. Bo Bichette had a 306, 339, 475 slash line. Hit 300, 20 homers, 73 driven in. He was a 3.8 F4, a 125 WRC+. plus. Defense going to dock him, of course. But, like, dude, don't really care. Bo Bichette, the past three years, has led the American League in hits, led the American League in hits, and then put up a 300 batting average. 29 homers, 24 homers, 20 homers in 135 games. He played 159 the previous two years. He had 43 doubles in 2022. He had 30 doubles in 23. And this guy, man, he is as electrifying as they come offensively. I know you love Bo Bichette. Um, I was a little shocked that the stolen bases disappeared in the way they did. I know he was dealing with an injury throughout the majority of the year. If the stolen bases are back, this guy should be a consensus 
top five shortstop in the game. Reason they stopped is because are you going to steal when you know Vladdy's going to hit a ground ball? <laughs> I mean, like, no, I mean, this Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you expect him to hit bobs. Like, he, he doesn't need to steal. No, but I, he's got the speed to do it, and it could have been injury-related. I'm more making that up because, like, I assume it was that reason. Um, second best bat on this list. Full stop, period. Hmm. <laughs> second best bat on this list. And, yeah, he's not a good defender. I personally ranked him fourth. Yeah, I ranked him fourth. I'm a big Bo Bichette guy, as the listeners of the Just Baseball show now. Tried to rank him higher, uh, but the defense is just – but it's getting better, which I appreciate. I know he's been working on it because that's the only bugaboo in his game. Second best bat on this list. It's a special bat. It's I, a Hall of Fame accumulator of stats type of bat. I think you get to 3,000 hits. Okay, so I disagree when you say second best bat on this list. Who's a better bat than him? On this Lindor. List besides, I think Lindor no, is a better bat. I don't think so. I'll take I'll take Bichette's bat for sure. Lindor doesn't put up the offensive stats that Bo Bichette does. When's the last time? Ah, uh, six. Uh he had up. he had a 30-30 season last year. Yeah, but I'm not counting stolen bases as part of the bat. Oh, I, a better offensive profile. Okay, I think I think Lindor is a better offensive profile than Bichette. Lindor hit three hundred one in twenty sixteen. That was his only time over that over that. Yeah, that mark. was like eight years ago. I mean, Trey Turner. You don't think Trey is a better bat? No, I think Bichette's a better bat. I think okay. Trey Turner is a a better offensive profile because he's going to steal all those bags. But I, in terms of just when the guy is at the plate. Bo Bichette is a better hitter than everybody on this list, not named the World Series MVP, arguably a top five player in the game, and Corey Seager. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go to war with anybody on that. It's tough. It's tough. All right. Every year. I guess I I guess I was I was calling it offensive profile and not just what you do in the batter's box. I think I think Trey and Bichette are a toss-up in terms of what they do in the batter's box. But in terms of off, off offensive profile, I'm taking Lindor, Trey, and Bobby Witt. I mean, Bobby Wood stole 115 WRC plus guy. Like, everybody's freaking out about them. Yeah, he stole 50 backs. Yeah, that's awesome. But, like, I think Bubba Shad's a better bat than all of them. Present us number four. Number four on the top 10 shortstop list is Bobby Witt Jr. of the Kansas City Royals. Shout out Bobby Witt Jr. for signing a near $300 million deal and for good reason. 30 bombs, 5.7 F war, a 115 WRC plus. Now, in defensive runs saved, it didn't grade out well. Negative six, but 14 outs above average because the speed, he can get to any ball on the diamond. 96 RBIs. I know RBIs aren't the biggest deal in the world, but the fact that he had 96 hitting towards the top of the lineup for the Royals, dude is a run producer. 495 slug does everything that you need on the diamond and that's why the Royals gave him a freaking bag. That's why Patrick Mahomes is retweeting him getting a bag. Because you know Patrick Mahomes is a part-time owner of the Royals? Yes. I learned that recently. Uh, but that has nothing to do with um, Bobby Wood Jr. So, again, from the article, among AL position players slash DHs, the only players who topped a 5.7 F war that Witt posted last year, Shohei Otani, Marcus Semien, Corey Seager, and Julio Rodriguez. Dude's a superstar. He absolutely is. 
a billion stolen bases. The 54 guy went 30, 50 last year or no 49. Sorry. He was, he yeah. was one what stolen base about? away. You from keep 30, I'm such a dick, man. <laughs> uh, the defensive change has been insane. And it, it might be because he's not splitting his time between short and third. He might have just taken a year to get comfortable to major league speed, whatever it was. So talented, just a full offseason award. Maybe. Position, probably did him wonders. Whatever it was, he was a good to great defender in the minor leagues. He was a very bad defender in the major leagues in 2022. And in 2023, he went back to a great defender. And it's shortstop at a premium position. His bat is so unique. He's so strong. His arms are more defined than a kid that young should have arms. Like 23 years old, 23-year-old's arms should not look like that. Right guy to sign. I love that they gave him that bag, and I love that he's going to be a royal probably for the rest of his life. Do you remember the conversation we had at the WBC about Bobby Witt? No. We were sitting there watching oh, yes. practice. Yeah, and we were all talking to each other, thinking to ourselves – the hey. Zoom update. <laughs> I think, and you, we all thought this when we were sitting there, that him being around that clubhouse, like as that one young guy, was going to do wonders for him this year. I didn't think it'd be this type of wonders. But we all thought he would have a great year, right? Last year, I mean, this was a 98 WRC plus guy. Now, he he is 20 bombs and 30 bags in his first year. So we know the talent, right? We know it. But the fact that he doesn't walk at all, like... 319 OBP didn't even slug 500 like I think there's so much more in there I think he's going to be amazing but you can call me stupid you can call me whatever you want but you can't call me inconsistent I ranked him sixth a lot of people are going to have a fit over that can I see it again can I see it again can I see this again and a 115 WRC plus it takes everything into account it's park adjusted everything that's why it's our favorite hitter stat 115, 15% above league average. The the counting stats are gaudy. And he's great. And I even put him at six, which is a lot higher than I put a lot of young guys. But that's a 115 WRC plus. I think he's great. Yeah, he was five and a half. Wins the player. Money, I'd give him a ton of money. He's great defensively. I'd still take Bogarts. I still would. Bogarts is Bogarts put up a six win season I, in 2022. Can I double down? Can I double down? Sure. Gunner well, and Gunner Witt. and Bobby Witt with a higher war than Xander Bogarts. Witt, you might be right. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna be right with, no, with I'll, Gunner. I'll stick to my guns. I'm sticking with the guy who put up a he Xander in 2022 put up a six win season. It's better than Bobby did last year. That was I'm that was I'm doubling down right now. now. I'm doubling sure. down. I put it down. Xander and Bobby Witt. If Xander Can, finishes with a higher WRC plus than or higher F4 than both of them, what do I get? I, I kiss. What do you want? All right, we'll kiss. <laughs> <Yes>. we'll kiss. <laughs> Number three is Trey Turner of the Philadelphia Phillies. 30-year-old Trey Turner. You want to talk about track record? This guy has track record out the ass. He had a batting title two years ago. He signs a $300 million deal with the Phillies. And guess what? They they booed him, they booed him, they booed him, and then they cheered for him. And then he put up a four-win season. Trade is not grayed out as a good defensive shortstop. And frankly, you can watch him and say like, yeah, this guy makes a lot of mistakes. But at the end of the day, 
he is always going to contend for a batting title. 266 was a bad year from him. And the fact that in his quote-unquote bad first year in Philly, this guy had 26 homers and 30 stolen bases in how many attempts, Peter? Do you have that in front of you? How many attempts? 30 uh, stolen bases in... 30 stolen bases in 30 attempts. He's 30 for 30 in the stolen base department. This guy is as fun a watch as we have in Major League Baseball because of how well-rounded his game is. This guy over 162 in his career, his 162 average, sitting 296 with an 830 OPS, 36 doubles, 24 homers, and 42 stolen bases. He is amazing. He's fun. And he's the perfect Philadelphia Philly. Yeah, he deserves $300 million. Um, I like how you said, like, yes, you look at Trey Turner's overall year, right? Still put up 26 and 30 in terms of home runs and stolen bases. But a 108 WRC plus on a 3.8 F4, you're like, yeah, it's not the Trey Turner we're used to. However, we have to add context, right? First year in a new market with a $300 million deal. It's a lot of pressure. And he really struggled early on, right? In April, 657 OPS. In May, 625 OPS. That is not Trey Turner. Obviously, there was a lot of adjustments and stuff to make. But then Phillies fans, shout out the bank, came to his aid and said, you are our guy. Do not forget this. Now, some other fan bases, like mine, the Yankees, would boo him out of the building. And a lot of Phillies fans, they boo relentlessly. But not this guy. They all stood up, and they gave him a standing ovation. And what did he do in the second half? 902 OPS. Slash 292, 348, 554 slug. That's Trey Turner. And that's the Trey Turner we should expect in year two. Due to still box office, due to still top three. And yeah, it is a toss-up between Trey Turner and 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 uh, Bichette, I think, for the best hitters on this list, besides, of course, Corey Seager. But what separates the two below him is that they're also incredible hitters, but the defense is just all world. So that's why he comes in at three. But in terms of just the bat with the stolen bases, he's one of the best players in Major League Baseball. He's amazing. And... I, I don't know. There's there's something about the way he's been playing for pretty much his entire career where I'm like, I hold him almost in a, in a different light than the rest of the shortstop position because it's like, oh, man, like, well, Trey Turner is my favorite watch, so I got a discount. Yeah. Lindor is a great watch, but there's something about Turner and like the slides, even the, the slides oh, and. Yeah. I know that he like commits a bunch of errors defensively, but the way he fields his position, like everything is just aesthetically beautiful. He's the most aesthetically pleasing player to watch in baseball. Agreed, but he's also the worst at routine ground balls. A shortstop. I think oh, brutal. On this list. brutal. I mean, this is terrible. It's in the playoffs. It's, <laughs> right to him. it's not like, oh, that might have been a tough play. It's like, nope. He no. just booted an 88 mile an hour exit velo right to him. I don't know how. I, whatever it's hard man it's hard it is hard <laughs> baseball is like, hard fun of it but it is hard <laughs> no trey turner's the man but he ain't number two yeah and a number two on the top 10 shortstop list who else but frankie lindor of the new york mets all world once again i bet on him to win mvp this season 
He didn't win MVP, but he finished pretty darn close considering the odds. 31 home runs, 31 steals, a 121 WRC plus, a six-win season. He's going to be a Hall of Famer one day, and he comes in at number two on this list. And even, you know, in the year the Mets had from hell, he was not to blame. A six-win season? That's what Bogarts put up in 2022, Jack. Right? You love Lindor, right? Great defense. All right, let's continue. Lindor is a superstar. And I, I don't really have much other to say than he has no weaknesses on the field. One of the best defenders. He's got plenty of power. He walks enough for it to matter. He's a great base runner. He's a five-tool player. Five-tool player at the shortstop position. Point blank, period. That's all the analysis you need. Number two. He put up maybe the sneakiest 30-30 season we've ever had. And I know that the stolen base numbers are elevated because of the, I think the pickoff restrictions more so than the a bigger bases. Like, I know a lot of people want to point to the bigger bases. Shit. Like, he's so smart. And it's that like, good of a baseball player, him and Trey Turner, like they could just steal 30 on that many attempts because they're so smart out there. Yeah. So it was so under the radar, especially with the Mets disappointment. Lindor is year in, year out, a top three shortstop in baseball. And this year just happened to place him at number two. But number one is different planet than everybody else this guy finished second in american league mvp voting in 119 games was there any doubt Corey seager the texas rangers is the best shortstop in baseball and folks it ain't that close right now no. 536 plate appearances this cat hit 327 with 33 homers 96 driven in a 169 WRC plus and 6.1 F4 in 119 games. He had a better war than Francisco Lindor in 150 fewer plate appearances. This guy's on a different level, a World Series MVP. He's comfortable in Texas. And man, he, it, now that Otani's in the National League, is he going to come in at shortest odds are our lowest odds, right? Is he going to come in at the shortest odds for American League MVP? Um, I would have to go check. I would assume yes. Off the dome, I assume yes. Yeah, let me let me check BetMGM. Um, read through. Oh my, hold on. While, while I'm pulling this up, 858 OPS career in the playoffs too, which yeah. is just why I freaking love him. Um, I, I can't find MVP yet. Whatever, we'll find it later. He's got to be up there with, you know, anybody. Where It's got to be. I'm just going to do the classic Google. Classic Google. Um, but so I called, I called one of my um buddies, Dustin, and we always talk about my top 100 players list. And... I called him and I said, is it crazy to rank Corey Seager as the second best player in Major League Baseball to Otani? And he was like, no, no, of course it's not. And I was like, well, what about Acuna? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what about Mookie? What about Judge? And he was like, all right, put Acuna third and Seager third. That's how good of a player this guy is. He's far and away the best player in the playoffs. 
seemed like in any round, right? I mean, Harper at one point, but Seager did it until the last game of the season. Harper struggled a little bit against the D-backs to Harper's standards. And Harper gets the allure, right? He's got the aura. He's got the beard. He's got the swing. But Seager has been as productive. He's just quieter. Also, shout out Corey Seager. We saw him at the golf tournament. One of the most handsome people I've ever seen in my life. When I first looked at him, I was like, holy shit, you're an Adonis. I think you're glowing. But on the field, that's exactly what he does. He glows. He glides across the field. And he's not one of these guys where it's like, oh, it's just the bat. Nope, five defensive runs saved. He's a big guy. So it doesn't quite look as smooth as a Lindor, but he gets to every ball. Yeah. I've got him at fourth in AL MVP odds right now. I've got Judge at plus 550. Okay. Soto at plus 600. I forgot Soto was in the American League. No, it's, it's the Yankee tax. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Alvarez at plus 800. And then Corey Seager at plus 1,000. I think the only reason that Seager's a little bit lower, and he is a good bet for to win MVP, it's just the availability, right? 119 games. Yeah. But the thing is, he's so damn good that he almost won it while playing 119 games. If we get 130 out of him, he's as good a bet as anybody. The problem is, so is Judge. Right. Same thing with him. And Judge, I think, personally is a better player than Corey Seager. But maybe he's not, because what I mean, what has Judge done in the playoffs? Which I factor in. And you could say, well, Peter, you can't, right? Guys get more opportunities now. Baseball, I think it's different. Some guys show up for the big moments, and Corey Seager is that dude. He's that dude. So at the lowest, I'd put him top five. And when I put out my top 100, you're going to see him in the top five. And I just love that I just shove it down you and arm, arm's throats when we were arguing about who's better, Seager or Correa. And now look at me. Now look, look at, at you, me. man. Now look at me. You're a superstar, man. Woo. You're so hot, man. <laughs> I've uh, been waiting for years to do that That little uh, pat myself on the back, and I'm fucking doing it. I love Corey it. Corey Seager versus Carlos Correa. You guys didn't even rank up in the top 10. Just plug the merch, bro. <laughs> that was the top 10 shortstops. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Jack is completely off the screen. It's my show now. Shout out me. Shout out you. You... The people in the comments, I saw you agreeing with me. It's our victory lap time. Good for, and now look at him putting on the Just Baseball merch. Go get yourself some Just Baseball merch. It is in the episode description. And if you enjoyed the show, subscribe on YouTube. I mean, come on. Or leave a five-star written review on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back on Friday. College baseball preview. College baseball opening day is on Friday. We're bringing on our guy, Pete Flaherty. So be on the lookout for that. College baseball preview on Friday. Then we're right back to the top tens. Hopefully everybody has a great couple of days before we see you again. For Jack McMullen, I am Peter Apple. And with that, thank you, everybody. Thank you.